Hey guys, this is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. So, first, I am sorry about the sound of this podcast. I am recording it really early on my phone in bed on Thursday, which is Halloween, which I totally forgot about. I have to go buy candy. Um, But I wanted to make sure I recorded this and it can get out on the normal schedule, even though I will have to deal with small children, which I'm not against, um, coming to my door and wanting candy. So I'm recording this in a little different way, and I'm sorry if it sounds a little different. But on that note, thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody who listened to the last episode on Bleach. Um, I'm going to be doing something clearly like another knock-it-out-of-the-park big show right now, which is, um, we'll get to in a second, but I wanted to apologize for anybody who opened the Bleach episode previously and was like, the second half of this podcast doesn't exist, uh, the same person who alerted me to my podcast sound funky the first time said, hey, your podcast seems, seems fucked again, you might want to look into that. I had turned the volume slider all the way down to do some, like, editing junk. So I fixed that and I corrected it. And you can totally go hear what I have to say about Bleach Memories of Nobody. So if you attempted last week and you are like, um, this seems not done. Um, you can definitely go back and listen to it, and it will be there in its full glory. So, um, if you want to do that, I would be super grateful. <laughs> um, but that said, I want to get into what we're talking about right now, and that is going to be a little film from 2009, or at least that's what it says on the, like, thing I have called One Piece Strong World. Let's begin with it. You may have seen or heard about the movie, the movie, did you? Oh, it was a wonderful picture. Well, the characters were portrayed in that movie, the movie... Okay, so, 
One of the things I wanted to talk about first was, you may have noticed that with the exception of newer series like My Hero Academia and um, Boruto, <laughs> God damn it, or um, Black Clover, just because it is so bad, when I get to long-running shonen, seri- long-running shonen series, <clears throat> I tend to talk about a movie. And I do that for two reasons. A, these shows are hundreds, and I mean hundreds of episodes long. I it, One Piece in particular started when I was in, like, middle school. And yeah, I, I'm 30 now. So that gives you an idea of the sheer amount of stuff there is to watch there. Also, in the case of One Piece, I haven't seen a hu- like, the huge portions of it, I just haven't watched. Um, but I still want to talk about them because the, like, massive Shonen Jump shows are important for a bunch of reasons. Um, so generally when I talk about a Shonen Jump property that's not currently running, I try to talk about a movie because that that's more digestible for everybody, including me. Um, but also the second reason is that oftentimes the Shonen Jump movies are tangents. I I said I said this in the episode last week about Bleach, but they are Shonen Jump movies have to be engineered. So at the end of the movie, nothing has changed, but you still feel like you went on like an exciting, interesting journey with the characters in that world. So it's a, it's a self-contained thing. What that also means is usually in a Shonen Jump movie, whatever the show does best is what the movie does. So, and what's really funny is, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, is that what the... the kind of arc that the rescue arc that Bleach has is the same kind of arc that Strong World has in that they go... In Bleach, they go to rescue Senna. In Strong World, they go to rescue Nami. But the difference is, is it's a rescuing Nami again, where it's a rescuing Senna the first time. But that's neither here nor there. But, so, the other thing... I The first thing I want to say about Strong World is... Because One Piece has been running so long... For a while, they took the um, route of doing recap movies, which basically means that they took a whole arc and they condensed it into one movie. I think the movie that actually came out before Strong World in like 2007, or maybe it came out after, was um, a movie that was just about the, like, let's go find Chopper arc. 
it was just condensing that, and that serves the purpose of, like, hey, do you not want to watch, like, 50 episodes of them dealing with Chopper and all of his, like, eccentricities with his, like, weird nightmare doctor dad? Then we're gonna compress this down into, like, an hour and a half or an hour and 45 minutes, and you can just watch it, and you'll be fine. And that's a, that's a tactic that lots of um, anime properties take. They basically make something into a movie so they can get in theater and get ticket sales. But, like I said, this is specifically like a, ju- a jump movie, basically. Um... So, Strong World is its own plot, its own setting. It is... I find this interesting. It's... Re- it's clearly references, like, f- fan art and ideas in it. I think the um, one where they are on a casino island does this too. But... And we'll get to, we'll get to what that is. So basically, you follow the whole Straw Hat crew, like the the whole cast is there. Um, the cast expands up until a certain point in One Piece. This has all the characters. It has um, Frankie. It has um, what's his face? The nineteen seventy. Disco Skeleton, I forget his name. Um, Babbling Brooks. It has, you know, updated. It has updated, but not. It, but this is this, and this is important. This is post every member of the cast joining, pre them splitting up for a year, basically, because there's a time skip in um, One Piece where they just go their separate ways for a full year. I think Sanji goes his separate way for much longer. Once again, I'm doing this in bed. I'm nice and warm and cozy, which is why I might yawn every once in a while because my body's like, hey, what if you were asleep now, you moron? It's 5 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, no, I have to record a podcast because it's Halloween and I suck at scheduling. Um, <laughs> but basically, it's a, it's the, whole, the whole cast is there and you open on this... You open with... Um, a prison break. And you see one of the marine captains, I forget which one, but a really high-ranking marine captain in the one with the braided beard, the one with the braided ponytail beard, you see him be like, oh shit, the, the guy, a guy who beat Gold Roger just appeared again. And you and they call him Gold Lion Shiki. And so this is what this is what's interesting about these jump movies in general is because they have to 
still make it significant, still make it feel significant, but make it insignificant story-wise, oftentimes, what, and Memories of Nobody does this too, they'll bring back bad guys you've never heard of before from the Wayback Machine, so they can give you some story reason to think, oh shit, this guy's bad news. And when you hear, like, oh, like, you know Whitebeard and Blackbeard and how they, like, were of the era of Gold Roger? This guy is just as bad. <laughs> um, and, but Shiki's, so, how should I put this? Shiki has two assistants. He has basically cross-dressing Gorilla Gronk. Um, a cross cross dressing smart gorilla thing, but he also has Doctor Indigo, and Doctor Indigo is like a cross between a clown, a hobo, and a mad scientist. Basically, but those are his like two henchmen. He has a whole crew that he treats like shit, <laughs> but like the I forget the gorilla's name the. The cross-dressing gorilla and Dr. Indigo, the clown nightmare, um, who notably has clown shoes that fart when he moves. <laughs> and it... But... The gorilla, Dr. Indigo, and Shiki, like, form this bad comedy troupe. And... It, what... What... The best about them being a bad comedy troupe is I've only ever seen this movie subtitled and a lot of Japanese comedy is actually language-based, which means that, um, which means that comedy things, there are comedy things that you miss out on by reading because it has to do with inflection, it has to do with word placement, all that other stuff. But by making them a bad comedy troupe, it lands better because what they're doing sucks. Like with it, like the jokes they like do Three Stooges style is just bad. <laughs> so it comes across in any language, which is which I find kind of ingenious. Um, but basically. Shiki escapes. I'll go through the plot of the movie and then we'll talk about it. But Shiki escapes and he is just sailing through the sky because... And, oh, and I should mention at this point. Shiki is a devil fruit eater. I guess that's what you call that. And he ate what they call the fua fua fruit. Or I think they translate it in American to like the... Flu, in English, rather to the float-float fruit, which means any inanimate object he touches, he can just make float indefinitely for as long as he wants and at whatever, like, height he wants. So, uh, he... And also, they link him to Skypea for that reason, because the only... the only object with, like, the only living thing he can 
Meg Float is himself, so he's clearly been to Skypea, which is a separate, like, which is an arc of One Piece. I think that was one of the last arcs I made it all the way through. Um, but that's another thing that the Shonen Jump properties do in their movies is they put multiple hooks in so you can reference back and you can place the, like, what's currently happening into the rest of the world easier. But, basically, Nami helps Cheeky avoid, like, barely miss a, um typhoon by with like her navigator prowess and he's like oh you seem you seem valuable you're mine now and he kidnaps her and so so begins the not just the film but the like straw hats crew quest to go get nami back and in doing so they end up on this, like, archipelago of floating islands that are what the movie dubs Strong World. And so, the one of the others, the, the major bonus, and I talked about this, I've gushed about this a little with the Bleach movie, but the mainly, the major bonus of these shows getting a theatrical, a theatrical budget is animators get to have some fucking fun. (laughs) And in Strong World, the open, the like, before, the way they open the Strong World is they're all, they've all, all the Straw Hat crew have been separated in different parts of this like archipelago thing and they have to find each other and then, find each other and Nami, and they ultimately do, but in the meantime, they encounter these, like, insane asshole, mutant asshole animals, and in Luffy's case, he witnesses a shit you not, a giant crocodile, a giant octopus, a giant praying mantis, and a giant bear get in a fight where Crocodile gets beat up by the giant octopus, the octopus gets, like, sliced and diced by the praying mantis, and the praying mantis gets suplexed, gets German suplexed by the bear, and then Luffy punches the bear so hard it dies. Like, that's just the thing that happens in this movie. It's like, that's like, hey, hey, here's the bar... And then you, um, you go to Sanji, I think you go to Sanji and Usopp, you go to Sanji and Usopp, and they have their own nightmare of, first, um, they get into a fight with a giant six-legged tiger, where Sanji gets pissed off, and he kicks, and he drop-kicks the tiger so hard, skull cracks, um... But they, they, and this is different in Bleach. Bleach was more of a casting call 
kind of scenario. This this is certainly that, but any One Piece movie would be about that because of specifically what One Piece is about. The Bleach isn't about mainly One Piece. is specifically about, like, friendship and found family and looking out for each other in a way that things like Bleach, Naruto, Dragon Ball V aren't. So it makes that. So if you make a One Piece movie, you're going to get everybody you care about on screen, or at least the main, the main cast of everybody you care about on clean on screen. Are you gonna get Smoker? No, probably not. But you're gonna get the whole Straw Hat crew. And it, then the opening, the the opening. So they zoom out of, I think it is, they zoom out of Frankie, Brooke, and Robin to this, like, awesome opening where they introduce you to all the characters. They tell you the the current bounties, which is a really specific and great way to let you know where this falls in the show proper because their bounties go up based on where the show is. Um, but it's, it's a really, it's a really, it's an impressively done opening. It's, it's really, really good, but also it uses music and color and still frame in a way that it just wouldn't w- would be possible in the TV show but a wouldn't fit and b wouldn't would be immensely expensive and i i took a look at some other um one piece movie openings and they all have this like like it, it's a celebration of each character when you see each character. And but they all what they also do is they take you from like location to location to location. And the only character you have seen since they all got on this island is Nami. And then they play a like a splash sound when they introduce Nami, you realize that Nami is being held in this like snowy island, this like snowy Japanese palace with this massive greenhouse they keep at, like, tropical... Te- that, for whatever reason, Shiki keeps at tropical temperatures. And she's just swimming, and you're like, wait, what the fuck? And then, that's when you meet, um, Dr. Indigo, the bozo clown weirdo, um, Shiki, and, um, I forget the gorilla's name, I really do. But the, the cross-dressing gorilla... Who is who? I want to be clear. Is it very clearly cross dressing, probably for the sake of their like terrible comedy routine. <laughs> but they have a like this dance intro that's really well done and a really great piece of animation for no reason, <laughs> and. Shiki, of course, is like a creepy, perverse old man, so he called Nami Baby Chan, and that's 
that that's not okay. That it, it, you know what it feels like? It feels like your grandpa who probably knows better but doesn't care because he's old. Um, but or um, actually, a, a great a great way to relate it is if you've ever seen Blackish and the white the white advert the older white advertising guy who calls the like any female assistant in the room at any time sweet cans it's the same kind of like oh but okay i guess ooh. um and they want you to feel that for the character nope here's the problem with this with, with this in particular movie is it feels really happenstance because how should I put this? It doesn't feel like the plot needs to happen. It feels it, it feels because they just he just shows up and takes Nami. It feels like they need to come up with another plot with the rest of the plot afterwards, and the rest of the plot involves this plant called the IQ plant, which it turns out is the reason that all the animals have mutated to be these, like, giant, literally giant, but also figuratively giant assholes that want to murder everything because apparently Dr. Indy... Like, so... Apparently, Shiki gave the order for Dr. Indigo to use the IQ plant to mutate all the animals on the island that he made float up into the sky because he wants this plant. I've seen this movie a bunch of times. And that, like, what is he going to do with these animals? It's not like he makes them... Like into pets that he can control. It's not like he's, like, dropping them onto Impel Down and, like, breaking out his buddies that way. It's just like he's being an asshole, but in a really weird and localized way. It, so, it it's kind of like, what if, um, a Captain Planet villain moved to an island with nobody on it, was like, fuck this island, like, the rest of the world is fine, but I'm gonna turn this into a freaking dumpster, and I'm gonna, but also I'm gonna make sure that it doesn't affect, like, anything anywhere else ever, (laughs) um, except later, so they give you that piece of information, and later on, you meet these Skypeans who are, like, have come to live on these this archipelago, um, and they use that plant for medicine, and because Shiki has taken it all, there, there's none left for them. So they have a, they have a reason at that. So they basically have to go back in and make a stronger reason for... the movie to continue to happen, basically. And they have a... So they do the thing where they have, like, a... 
first encounter, a second encounter, and then the third encounter is like, okay, let's go fuck this guy up. And the third encounter is really what I'm interested in. The, the first encounter is when Nami gets kidnapped. The second encounter is when uh, Luffy gets beaten to the dirt. Um, but the third encounter, what's interesting is they... So, if you've been on the internet for any appreciable amount of time, and you have seen One Piece fan art, you've probably seen fan art of them in, like, mafia, in, like, Yakuza costume. Basically, really nice pinstripe suits. And that's been circulating since before this movie was out. And that what this movie did was, I am sure that it drew from all that fan art and ma- just made it real. <laughs> and so I thought this yesterday when I was watching it, but there's the suspension of disbelief you have to have in this movie because the costumes they get stranded in are different than the costumes that they have when they're on the when they get thrown off the boat and are different than the costumes they have when they go to fight Shiki in like the Yakuza palace that he runs. So in in that way, this movie is fan service because it, it like it wants you to see Frankie in the banana boat in the banana gun hat <laughs> which is the best. It wants you to, like, see Tiny Luffy. It wants you to see the entire cast in Yakuza garb. And so, uh, in a way, because any One Piece movie would have to include all of these characters for the movie even to happen, um, it has to get its fan service in where it can, I guess. I just, I found it odd, but, so, the, but was this, this, this movie like the Bleach movie does all the things One Piece does best that, you know, you, you get them trying to shoot Luffy and then being like, oh shit, we can't shoot this guy, let's cut him open. You get all the characters using their, like, special moves and powers they have before the time skip, not after the time skip. But you get all the characters participating, you see, like, individual fights with all of them. But what's really fascinating, I find at least, is that you don't... The thing you're missing is really important. And that is the kind of, like, chauvinistic dantle distress narrative is non-existent in the movie. And that shows movement for One Piece because when they originally go rescue Nami from, um, what's his face? From the clown guy who ate the chop-chop fruit. Um, he 
it's a it's a real damsel in distress moment. They they frame it so it so you understand it, and it's not it doesn't feel creepy in the way that the it doesn't feel creepy and demeaning in the way that the bleach stuff feels, but they probably knew in the back of their heads. You know, we can't do this. We can't do this again. And this movie, at the beginning, and I forgot to say this, says presented by Ichiro Oda, the author, the actual author of One Piece. So he clearly penned it, or at very least approved it, probably penned the movie himself. And the movie... So the movie knows what One Piece has done, and it does a similar storyline but in a different way, and it the movie gives Nami agency, attitude, and participation in a way that it didn't, in the way that the bleach memories of nobody didn't give Senna. Like, it, like, fainted at it, but when push came to shove, it's like, nope, you're damsel now. Goodbye, personality. Um, make sure you sacrifice yourself in the end so we don't have to deal with you in continuity. <laughs> um, but that that basically translates to you have Nami, when you encounter her swimming, you realize, like, oh, yeah, she's swimming because there's nothing else she can do. She's stuck there. It doesn't mean she's not pissed. It just means that somebody was like, hey, what if Nami in a bathing suit? And the result of that is she she eventually escapes and wanders around looking and wanders around finds Luffy and the gang and the gang and then gets recaptured and that's the like Luffy beatdown fight. That's the second fight they have. And Luffy's like, okay, now, like, the, like, these, these native people being fucked over, plus he took my girl again, let's go fuck this guy's shit up. Um, but, the, 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 and so the difference is, is Nami is a active participant in the movie, she's not a story device to tell, to get through the movie, and I realized that the difference is Nami, the core cast member, and Senna was a movie original character, the equivalent of, like, an OVA character, but the thing is, is that that doesn't mean you need to, um, what's the word? That doesn't mean you need to treat the character's personality like it's disposable. And they they don't with Nami. Nami is strong-willed and her her personality never changes based on the circumstances. Her response is what her response is based on her character. It's not like they have to strip away the character just so she can be an artifice. Um, which is a really... Which is a good thing for the movie, because what that 
what that allows allows you to see like oh Nami's escaping <laughs> like not Nami's like actively like oh the Mafiris and my friends haven't come got, come and gotten me yet I'm just gonna leave and she and she does say like oh they made an entire archipelago of asshole monster animals that must be why I can't leave that must must be why Luffy hasn't like come to like fuck this guy up and save me yet. Um, so at that point at the basically at the end of the movie everything's like hunky dory and everything's fine again. But this is this is an ex if you were like if you ever wondered like, hey, what is a Shonen Jump movie like? I would probably recommend you watch either Memories of Nobody, which I covered in the last episode, or you watch this one, because they're really good distillations, with the exception of the damsel distress bullshit in um, Memories of Nobody. They are excellent examples of what a shonen of what a what one of the big four shonen jump properties does for a movie if that makes any sense especially since bleach is over um naruto has shifted to boruto which i'm sure will get its own movie at some point um i'm betting a recap movie about the Seven Tokage Spring Saga thing. Um, which, just as an aside, I don't think that was out when I covered Boruto, and maybe it was. I think actually it was. The, the like, gall that that story has to be, to like, be like, hey, here's a show we're gonna call Boruto, but for a, for like, it's opening arc, basically, for, like, its first interesting, significant arc, we are not going to have Baruto on screen for at least a dozen episodes. It's wild. Just, like, as a thing, it's wild that they did that at all. So, I, I'm gonna cut it a little short here, because it, I, if this is, uh, it's only a movie, and I've kind of said everything I I wanted to say about it probably faster than I normally do, because I'm not sitting in front of my computer. But I, I think this is a really interesting um, addition to the One Piece movies, of which I'm sure there will be more, because there's only one person outside of Ichiro Oda who knows how One Piece ends, and that's a kid who was dying of cancer and would, like, for his make-a-wish, would, like, I want to know how One Piece ends. Then this is the best. Ichiro Oda, like, was, like, okay, walked up to the kid, was, like, told him, whispered it in his ear, and then the kid took it to the grave with him? Which is super sad, but also, like, that's great that Ichiro Oda's like, no, nah, this kid's fucking earned it. Like, let's go. <laughs> let's do this. Um, which, 
makes him slightly, which, um, what's it called? Which makes him, which forgives him slightly for marrying a Nami cosplayer, I believe. Which is, like, very strange. Because that man has some odd ideas about women's bodies. So, um, on that note, I, this, this has been Alex, and you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. If you like this podcast, I promise they all don't sound this far away and echoey. Um, you can subscribe in your, wherever you get your podcast. And I would appreciate if you left a review for me, wherever you get your podcast, the five-star review, because that always helps the show. Um, but until next time, I will talk to you later. I'm not
Ciao. 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 Ciao.